sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. Our topic today is what it means to be truly pro-life. For many, when it comes to Christians and politics, the issue is a pretty narrow one. It has to do with abortion, and in particular, efforts to reverse the Supreme Court's decision in Roe versus Wade. But I would propose to you that there are many issues that should be of concern for someone who is genuinely pro-life. I'm going to briefly discuss 12, and I'm going to give you a, uh, a little test score that you can self-test and decide how pro-life you really are. Now, I want you to know I posted this list on Facebook a few weeks ago, and I asked for suggestions on how to improve the list. And the list certainly has its critics, and there are some things that, you know, you may very well disagree with, but I really didn't get any decent suggestions on how to improve the list. So here goes. Number one on the list, I oppose abortion. Now, in order to count yourself as pro-life on this question, I would contend that this does not require you to seek reversal of Roe versus Wade or even to seek laws restricting or outlawing abortion. There are many of us who are Christians who are quite convinced that abortion is morally wrong, that people should not have abortions, and yet not believe that it should be outlawed. And in fact, there was a very prominent study done by the Guttmacher Institute that demonstrated that the more restrictive a government was with respect to abortion, the higher the incidence of abortion in that country or that jurisdiction. So I think there are some important discussions to be had in terms of policy, what policies will actually be effective in reducing the number of abortions. Clearly, the more widespread that birth control is available, that's a big, big help in reducing the number of abortions. So I think that people can be opposed to abortion and in favor of policies to reduce the number of abortions and nevertheless want it to be legal. So anyway, number one, are you pro-life you oppose abortion? That's kind of where we start the conversation, right? Number two, I oppose the death penalty. Now, this is where Roman Catholics or at least the Roman Catholic Church, and many Protestants divide company. Roman Catholicism has been formally opposed to the death penalty for a long time. Uh, Protestants, not so much. But um, I would propose that only the Almighty properly should exercise authority over life and death, not human beings. When I was in law school, one of my professors briefed convincingly how biased the justice system is that it very often convicts the innocent. So maybe in the abstract, if we had an effective, functioning, fair justice system, we had some confidence that we were only convicting the truly guilty and putting them to death, uh, you know, maybe that would be doable. But there are way too many innocent people on death row and way too many innocent people who have been put to death, convicted wrongly. So, Point number two, are you pro-life? 
you oppose the death penalty. Number three, I oppose legalizing the right, in quotes, the right to assisted suicide. Assisted suicide is a legal framework for murder. What we can say about that, but maybe we'll come back. Let's see how much time we have. Number four, I oppose the proliferation of nuclear weapons. Surely, nuclear weapons are not consistent with an ethos of life. How many of the uh, post-apocalyptic movies and television shows post some kind of nuclear apocalypse, right? I'm watching one such show right now. Um, nuclear weapons are destructive of the guilty and the innocent alike. They should never be used, and the more we have, the more likely that they will cause wreak havoc. Number five, I oppose the expansion of military funding and aggressive use of American military power projected through preemptive military action. So, you know, the American Christian ethos has been very pro-military, but is being pro-military being pro-life? Um, we have a strong military. Why do we need to keep spending more and more and more? And, of course, we've had two now. Well, arguably, uh, the war in Afghanistan was provoked by the bin Laden attacks, but the war in Iraq, at least the more recent one, was not justified. It was a preemptive action. So we are the ones now initiating conflict. How can it be pro-life to initiate war? Number six, I am pro all lives, including those of blacks and immigrants. Now, I get that, you know, people have legitimate criticism of the organization and the movement that's called Black Lives Matter. We're not going to go there. That's a political issue. But clearly, the issue underlying the movement is rampant systemic discrimination that persists in our society and how frequently law enforcement engages in violence against African Americans that turns out to be in error. Crimes or not crimes, but how many blacks are dying at the hands of law enforcement every year. More than a thousand Americans die at the hands of law enforcement. You know, but the principle here is a simple one. If we're going to be pro-life that has to be inclusive of everybody's life. Uh, whether you want to say black lives matter or all lives matter or blue lives matter, the fact is pro-life has to encompass blacks. It has to encompass immigrants. We can't just say, okay, it doesn't matter if we're separating kids from their families at the border, if we're putting them in cages. You know, we don't care about them because they're not from our country. No, if we're pro-life, we have to be pro everybody's life, and we have to care about how we're treating everyone. So that's number six. Being pro-life means being pro-everybody's lives. Number seven, pro-life includes caring for our animal friends. Well, if you look me up on Facebook, you'll see pictures of my favorite animal friend. Lucas is my Sharpay, and he has had a very serious bout. 
yeah, I'm very much pro caring for the animal world, and there's a biblical basis for that. Uh, human beings were given stewardship over our animal friends to care for them. So we can talk about what those responsibilities are, but I think a pro-life ethos should also extend to our stewardship of the animal kingdom, being careful stewards of all lives, including animal lives. Now, for me, part of that is being a vegetarian, but I'm not insisting that you have to be vegetarian in order to check off this box and say you're, you care about how we care for animals. Okay, number eight. Being pro-life means being pro the lives of children, not just the unborn, but children, which means that we need to care about things like malnutrition, that kids have enough to eat, that they have adequate access to medical care, that we not just have a survival of the fittest mentality, but that as a society, we do care about having safety nets that provide adequately for children. During the pandemic this year, that has been a particular problem because there are millions of children uh, who rely on food that they get when they go to public schools. And of course, that whole system has been greatly disrupted. But as a general matter, I would say that being pro-life includes caring for the children in our society. That's number nine. Being pro-children, I support balancing our rights to own guns with reasonable safety measures to prevent more kids from killing other kids in school shootings. So I don't, I'm not going to enter the debate about gun rights here, but I think if we are pro-life, it means that we have to be willing to support some safety measures to help put a stop to school shootings. We have to care that kids can go to school safely without fear. That's number nine. Number 10, being pro-life means being pro-education and providing all children with a good education, something that many of our nation's children lack today, and in no small measure because of the way that we fund public schools. Wealthy school districts have better schools, or school districts have inadequate schools many times. So being pro-life, number 10, being, means being pro-education for all of our kids. Number 11, being pro-life means giving our kids a chance in this economy, not saddling them with unmanageable student loan debt. So in today's economy, it's pretty important for most kids to get a college education. Some can certainly get education and certification in trades like plumbing and electrical and contracting. And, you know, there are many things that are very valuable that do not require a college education. But I'm a parent. I can tell you about the struggles with student loan debt and just how crushing it is that an entire generation is starting life with effectively the kind of debt that our baby boomer generation didn't take on until we got mortgages. So they're starting with a mortgage from their education that they have to overcome before they can even start saving for a down payment to buy a house. 
which of course home ownership is uh, the the main way that Americans have amassed wealth in this country. So I do think that being pro-life and being pro-children means we have to care about solving the student loan problem. That's number 11. And last but not least, number 12, I can't be pro-life without making sure that the air we breathe, the water we drink, the land we live on is safe and healthy. So is that really a problem? And again, yes, there are political issues concerning the so-called Green New Deal, environmental policies, and what are sensible policies, but I'm not debating those here. I'm just saying that the basic premise is sound, that if we're going to be pro-life, we've got to have We've got to support having clean air, clean water, safe place to live, that the environment is healthy. How we get there, what's needed, that's another debate. So 12 points, what it means to be pro-life. We're out of time. If you've gotten uh, 10 or more, you're reliably pro-life, good going. Eight or more, you're not nearly as pro-life as you think you are. Seven or fewer, are you really pro-life? Maybe not so much. Thank you for listening. As we close, remember friends, even the coronavirus won't slow down our efforts to protect your religious freedom. We don't just talk about it, we provide legal services to those suffering religious discrimination, especially in the workplace. So check us out at churchstate.org. That's churchstate.org. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed, get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association, producer of Freedom's Ring, on the web at religiousliberty.info. Be sure to listen to Freedom's Ring on our SoundCloud radio station or on iTunes. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, friends, keep freedom ringing.